Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. The National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council, NATSIC, is looking for new ways to support rural and regional communities to prevent youth suicide. The tragedy of that was a major subject of discussions at the recent NATSIC Assembly in Perth. More than 300 delegates gathered from Australia to explore the theme Strong Faith, Strong Youth, Strong Future. NATSIC is the body that advises the bishops of the Catholic Church about Indigenous issues. And National Youth Councillor from NATSIC, Sabrina Ann Stevens, comes from Cairns, the Cairns Diocese in far north Queensland. She says youth suicide is a major issue within rural and remote communities. She didn't really need to tell us, I suppose, but we know that the suicide rate of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples is more than twice that of non-Indigenous Australians. And national statistics also show that Indigenous people tend to take their own lives at a younger age and the majority of deaths occur before the age of 35. It's one of the most important challenges facing our communities. Sabrina Ann, welcome to Open House. Thank you. It's great to be on the show today. Well, firstly, tell me a little bit about um, your background. You're a Kuku Yalanji and Yadinji woman. Now, that's far north Queensland. So tell me about your communities. Um, so Kuku Yalanji is based in Mossman, up in uh, far north Queensland, and the Yadinji Nation tribe is the tribe of Cairns, where my grandmother's side of the family are from. You've highlighted the issue of uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, young people and suicide, uh, and you've used words like sense of hopelessness. Can you give me a picture of what that looks like? Sometimes I uh, see that it's difficult for traditional Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people to balance you know, a sense of cultural obligation that we face and... Combining that with Western society, um, it can be difficult to create that sense like an, an identity for ourselves and to find where we belong. Um, so that's what I see as a sense of hopelessness um, because we don't have that foundation. Yeah, no, okay. That's I'd love to explore that a little bit more. So we've, we've established that you're from uh, the far north Queensland area. So how many Aboriginal people are living in a traditional way uh, in the nations that you're um, aware of? Uh, there are still there are still quite a few people living traditional lifestyle. Um, the Cairns Diocese in itself goes from the south of Cairns all the way up into the Torres Strait, um, which is all of Cape York Peninsula, where there are many Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people living very traditional lifestyles. Hmm. And, and what about you? You're, you're living in Cairns itself, but are there times in which you return to a traditional lifestyle yourself? Not necessarily. So I've I've grown up in a regional town of Cairns, um, but unfortunately, due to the stolen generation and the impact of that, my family haven't had too much of an upbringing in a traditional lifestyle. Mm. What do you think you missed out on because of that? I feel like I have missed out on a lot of cultural teachings, loss of language, uh, family and kinship connections, connection to land. Mm. There are a lot of things that I feel I've missed out on, mm. even though I am still living on the country where my family has come from. Yeah, so, okay, now we're getting, we're getting, you're saying that all of those things and a sense of something that was lost is contributing to, again, what you've called hopelessness. Is, is that what you meant when you said that? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Then what are the effects of that? What do you see happening to the young people that you know? 
Um, I see a large loss of identity for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander youth. Um, we are a collective people and we are, you know, an oral people, so we have lost a lot of culture in that sense. Um, so, for example, the stolen generation caused a lot of displacement for our Indigenous peoples of Australia. And so a lot of that, we are still finding out who our family connections are and where we belong on country. Um, country, you know, is the biggest thing that connects us to our people and it's our, our giver of life, for example. So there is a lot of, yeah, loss of identity in that sense, a lot of displacement mm. that we struggle with, um, personal trauma that's related to having that sense of loss and disconnection from our people. Hmm. Um, you know, the high rate of drug and alcohol that could happen within communities and, uh, you know, the breakdown of the family collective group is the main thing that I see. Yeah, so if you were to look at it without culturally sensitive eyes, you would see uh, depression, high rates of um, family breakdown, um, maybe domestic violence, uh, up to and including suicide, which we're highlighting in this conversation yeah. tonight. But there's so much more there that accounts for the reasons behind that. Yes, definitely. Then does that mean that's where the solutions lie? Uh, I'm I'm not too sure where the solution overall would fit for everybody. I believe that everybody, you know, has to be in connection with their family and find where they belong in order to overcome a sense of hopelessness and wondering where you sit within the world. One of the things that you've said, Sabrina Ann, is that um, if younger people had a greater connection with their spirituality and their faith, then they may be able to overcome struggles that they're facing. What did you mean when you said that? Uh, for example, within NATSIC, we encourage Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholics across Australia to express and live out their faith journeys through the use of their culture. Um, so our culture is what we are and as and that's how we live our lives. So um, in order to live out our faith, we need to include our culture. And I feel that if you have, you know, you're belonging to your culture and you're belonging to your faith journey and wherever you feel that you belong, then you have two strong foundations to, to leap from and go from there. Yes. Our guest on Open House is Sabrina Ann Stevens. She's from Cairns in far north Queensland, a Cooker Yalanji and Yidinji woman, and also um, a member of the uh, advisory council, really, to Catholic bishops, which is called the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council. Can you talk to me about your own faith, Sabrina Ann? You, you're a, a Christian, you've grown up in the Catholic tradition, and you've you're finding, I, I assume, a way to uh, live out your Aboriginal identity through that as well. Tell me about that. Um, so I guess my faith journey began in my teenage years, um, where I first went to an event called World Youth Day, which was held in Sydney. Mm. Uh, and it was at that event that I felt, I guess, something stirring within my heart, perhaps. Um, and I didn't know how to continue that once I would return home from World Youth Day. Um, and it wasn't until I found this organization called NATSIC, you know, which is the Indigenous Catholic Council of Australia, I found a way to you know, acknowledge my Aboriginal spirituality and combine that with a Catholic faith in order to progress along my faith journey. And I found that that was the most uplifting thing for me, where I was able to receive that joy and it's something that I have wanted to share with many other young people um, because that's where I found my belonging is within my Aboriginal spirituality and my Catholic faith. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So what would you say to a young person that you encountered today about that, a young Aboriginal person? That it's okay to have a faith, whatever you may believe in. Um, I identify with the Catholic faith. So it's okay to combine your Aboriginal spirituality or your Torres Strait Islander spirituality with your faith journey um, because our faith and our culture is what gets us through in the end. And you can't, as an Indigenous person, I feel like you can't have one without the other. So the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander spirituality is, uh, as I understand it, um, strongly connected with uh, place, with country. Yeah. Um, and as a Christian, you, you know the Creator. Uh, that that seems pretty cool. Yes, yeah, definitely. And a lot of I find a lot of people asking me, how do you combine your faith with your culture? And the easiest way for me to explain it is that we as Indigenous people understand the parables of the Bible and what the Gospels are saying to us, because we too have dreaming stories. Uh, we also understand the concept of the Holy Spirit, because we have spirits that guide us as well. Um, and the, the ceremonies within the Church are very similar to ceremonies that we have as Indigenous people. So we have water ceremonies, we have smoking ceremonies, mm. you know, and so it's just... For me, it just fits and it just works. <laughs> and what about Jesus? Where does he fit? Yeah, yeah. So Jesus is there too. He's the Son of God, you know, and we, um, as an example, we look to the Son, like the physical Son, S-U-N, I guess, um, as the giver of life as well. So Jesus fits right in there, you know, he's a brother and he's, he's a friend. And are, are young Aboriginal people receptive to that? Uh, I find that there is a lot of hesitance there in the beginning uh, because of what the church represented to Aboriginal people throughout the stolen generation. Uh, but once we are able to get to a point where we understand that that happened and in the severity of that affecting our old people, we are still able to find, um, you know, like that there's a source of good within that and that the church is so open and welcoming to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and our culture. Mm. So when we look at the suicide rate of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as being more than twice that of non-Indigenous Australians, and in fact particularly um, bad for younger Indigenous people, how does what are you seeing around you um, about the way that rediscovering church, rediscovering uh, Christianity in the context of your own spirituality, how is that helping young people? I feel that it helps us in the sense that we aren't alone on our journeys. Um, but again, I feel that we also need to acknowledge the fact that our cultural um, needs, our cultural aspects need to be a part of that because we can't separate it. So are you saying that the church can and should do more to, um, to be welcoming to Aboriginal people? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I feel that the church is already open and welcoming mm -hmm. and that it could always be more. Um, but at the moment, we have a peak advisory to our bishops, which is pretty exciting because that means we can take whatever issues of our heart to this council, which the council will put forward to our bishops. Um, we, as a, I feel that we as Aboriginal people and Islander people, from my perspective, we don't want to come in and take over. We want to be a part of it. We want to share our culture, which is the culture of this country, with everyone and and the beauty that can be there in those times. Yes, my observation of uh, Catholics, I know, is that uh, there are many very open 
churches and organizations within the Catholic Church as well as individuals um, to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Well, I wonder if the, if there's something here for us to to consider in the way that normal assistance government assistance services operate. So you have you've got a range of institutions and programs that are aimed to reach out to people who are in danger of suicide, self-harm. Um, but are they culturally aware enough? I think there's always room for cultural awareness to develop. Mm. Uh, no matter how many times you've undergone cultural awareness training, um, one of I understand that suicide safeguarding programs are extremely important because mental health matters. Mm. Um, so, for example, at our recent um, assembly in Perth, we had a guest speaker by the name of Uncle Tom Powell, and he runs a program called Red Dust Healing. So this is the program that we brought in to introduce to people uh, because he talks about healing from a cultural perspective and how we can overcome problems to be strong Indigenous people. So how would that program work? Can you talk to me about how you'd approach, I don't know, uh, let's imagine a young man in his early teens who may be at risk of self-harm. How would that program reach out to him? What What would it say to him? Um, I guess Uncle Tom Powell, as the creator, he has a very um, a, a great sense of awareness when speaking to young people and just people in general. And he has two messages that come out of this program. And the main messages are that you're somebody, someone, uh, which means that you know that's your connection. So never forget that. That's your connection to people. Um, even though you may feel a sense of hopelessness or that you are alone, you know, you are somebody, someone. Um, he also mentions within this program that that somebody loves you and somebody is always always thinking of you. Mm. Um, so that's the main aspect of this Red Dust Healing Program, along with the tools that he has through this program, just simplifies the way to keep on with our journeys mm. and to overcome any struggles we will face. Wow. Well, when you speak with young people, where do you look for hope? Can Can you give us a reason for hope tonight? I just, I, I believe that, you know, we will always face struggles no matter where, what point we are at in our life. That's just the way life is. Mm. And I feel that the hope is within having our connection to our cultural aspects and our faith aspects of life. So you can go do that through being on country and doing it through prayer as well. Um, so I think that is the message of hope that I would like to, you know, to put out there is that we are concerned that this issue is affecting our Indigenous communities and all people across Australia. So, yeah, having a faith, combining that with your cultural traditions is um, giving you extra strength to push forward. <laughs> well, Sabrina Ann, you've given us reason for hope tonight. And when I speak to you and hear just how wise your approach is, you've given me reason for hope. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Sabrina Ann Stevens, she's from the uh, NETSIC group, National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council, advisory to the Catholic bishops, uh, working with those young people and helping them to re-examine uh, their own spirituality and linking that back to their Christian uh, spirituality as well. There's a lot of hope placed in that work and I think it's worth praying about it. That, that's a great answer to a deep problem. And uh, if that issue, if that uh, interview has raised for you concerns, issues, then don't forget the Lifeline number, which is 13 11 14, 13 11 14 for Lifeline. 
Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.